Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here. We pray that you will be blessed by this message and that God will impact your hearts. Let's listen. Uh, We are super proud of our seniors and we, we recognize what a huge accomplishment that is to graduate high school. And so some of you seniors and some of the kids that were here first service, I remember when they were born. And so it's really making, making me feel old. But uh, we are, we're praying for you guys. And my number one prayer for the, for the seniors, of course, that you come to know Jesus, that you walk with Jesus for a lifetime, and that you find God's purpose and God's plan uh, for your life. And that's what we're talking about today. The, the message today is perfect for the seniors, is perfect for everyone. Uh, we are finishing up our series, Sculpted. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so last week we, we talked about that you are uniquely you, that God has formed you, he's made you, he's created you. You are different than everybody else uh, in the world. And God has created you to do something that only you can do. And when you find that purpose, when you find that plan, you wake up every day like Jake and Elwood from the Blues Brothers. You're on a mission from God, right? You wake up every day, you know your mission, you know your assignment, you know your purpose, you're doing what it is that God has gifted you to do. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Like before Jeremiah was born, God formed him in his mother's womb and set him apart to be a prophet to the nations. What has God set you apart to do? What, what has he gifted you to do? I wanna, I wanna get very practical today and, and help everyone determine what it is that God has uniquely made and gifted you to do. And so I'm gonna share an acronym today. And the, the acronym actually comes out of Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. If you haven't read this book, I encourage you to read uh, this book, The Purpose Driven Life. Millions and millions of people have read this book. And the acronym is SHAPE. So we are, we are shaped to serve God. And the acronym, I'm gonna, go ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, stands for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. This is your God-given shape. This is how God has made you, he's created you, he's formed you, he's made you different than everybody else in the world, and he's created you to do something that only you can do. And so the, the, the S there on, on your outline in your notes is spiritual gifts. Let's, let's talk about uh, spiritual gifts. Ephesians 4, 7 and 8 says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended on high, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Every single one of us, the followers of Jesus Christ, Christians, we have been given a special gift, a a spiritual gift. Some people refer to these as grace gifts. Uh, We receive these gifts at salvation. And so we're saved by God's grace, but we're also gifted to serve by his grace. And we're given these gifts to glorify God, to to build the church, and to expand the kingdom of God. And so we receive these gifts at salvation. So when you commit your life to Jesus Christ, 
and you ask Jesus to come into your life, he comes into your life in the form of the Holy Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit, you're, you're baptized with the Spirit. Now we're having baptism day. We're, we're celebrating the life change and, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also the life change and resurrection of, of those who are getting baptized. But when you became a Christian, you were baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came into your life. And with the Holy Spirit comes the fruits of the Spirit that are listed out in, in Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Like we all have the fruits of the Spirit. Now, whether we exercise the fruits of the Spirit, that's another story, right? We're all, we're all trying to exercise this, the fruits of the Spirit. We're trying to grow towards spiritual maturity. So we all have the fruits of the Spirit, but at salvation we all receive, every Christian has at least one spiritual gift, and most of us have a combination of gifts, gifts that we're empowered through the Holy Spirit to do things that normally we couldn't do. Now these gifts are listed out in Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and Romans chapter 12. And different people list different gifts. Like some, of the, some, some people list as many as 27 different spiritual gifts. And so, so as Christians, we want to determine what, what is our spiritual gift? Like how has God gifted us? And I listed on your notes there some of these spiritual gifts. So there's prophecy, exhortation, mercy, faith, administration, hospitality. Think about which ones you have. Serving, giving, wisdom, discernment, evangelism, intercession or prayer, teaching, leadership, knowledge, apostleship, shepherding, music. So depending upon your spiritual gift and how God has gifted you, that's the type of ministry that you would get involved in. So, so let's just say your, your combination of gifts are mercy and shepherding. You have the gift of mercy, you have the gift of shepherding, God would probably lead you to get involved in some type of benevolence type of ministry where, where you're caring for other people. Uh, examples of that would be Southeast Gwinnett Co-op or Special Needs and Treats or City of Hope uh, in, in Athens. Maybe you have the spiritual gift of knowledge and teaching and exhortation. You're the type of person that, that loves to go deep uh, into the scriptures. Maybe you would teach a, a women's Bible study or you would teach a discipleship class or maybe God would would lead you to, to preach his word. Uh, another gift would be maybe you have the combination of hospitality and serving. So you're the type of person who loves to have people over at your house. Maybe you host a small group or your host of the student ministry comes over to your house for a pool party. Or you're like the, the host home for, for GS weekend or, or something like that. Maybe you have the gift of evangelism and, and faith. And so you might be a missionary, do some ministry outside the walls of the church. Of course, we have Good News Club in the school. Maybe you go on a mission trip. Maybe you lead FCA or NG3 Huddle. You guys awake? All right, I've got a lot of content today. I feel like I need to say something funny to make y'all laugh. So spiritual gifts, nothing funny about it, right? Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 through 12 says, it was he who gave some to be apostles. These are the fivefold ministries of the church. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers for the purpose of preparing God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ 
may be, may be built up. And so every Christian, every member of the body of Christ, everybody in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the, uses the analogy that the church is a body made up of many parts. And we all have a part to do. We all, we all have a work to do. We all, we all have something that God wants us to do so that the body of Christ may be built up. And so if you want to get started on learning your spiritual gifts, there's a free online test. It's giftstest.com. This is on your notes, and so you can take it home, and it and, and, and takes probably 10 minutes to take the test. But the best way to learn your spiritual gifts is to get involved in serving, to start serving in the church. What, what do you enjoy doing? Where, where do you see God blessing your ministry? Where do you see him bearing fruit in your life? And so that gives you a good indication of what your spiritual gifts might be. So we want to discover our gifts, we want to develop our gifts, and then we want to exercise or use our gifts. Quick overview of spiritual gifts. The second part of the acronym is HEART. This is what you're passionate about. This is what makes you pound the table, you get so frustrated about something. Or this is what makes you jump for joy and excitement and this is what you are passionate about. Uh, some of our people in our, our church are passionate about kids. Not just their kids, but all kids. And they want to see kids come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Some people in our church are passionate about, about student ministry. We have people who come and they, they serve every Wednesday night in, in student ministry. They've been doing it for years and years. Some of you have a heart for the poor. You, you want to see... Uh, uh, the. You want to feed the hungry, and you want to make sure every person has a shirt on their back, and you want to make sure every person has a roof over their head. Some of you are passionate about orphan care and foster children. Some of you are passionate about prison ministry. Some of you are passionate about reaching lost people for Jesus. Some of you are passionate about discipleship. Some of you are passionate about prayer and worship. Some of you are passionate about the teaching of, of God's Word, teaching of the truth. Some of you are passionate about marriage and family. Some of you are passionate about missions. Some of you are passionate about social justice issues. Some of you are passionate about politics and establishing the right policies and laws in our district, in our state, and in our country. Some of you are passionate about Celebrate Recovery. Some of you are passionate about education. Some of you are passionate about pro-life issues. Now, all of these issues are important, but not one is more important than the other. It really depends on what you're passionate about, what God has placed in your heart. And it's interesting to me because, because when someone is super passionate about something, they have a hard time understanding why everybody else isn't as passionate about it as they are. Because God has wired us all differently. We're, we're all different. We're, we're unique. And God has given us passions. And, and a lot of it has to do with our upbringing it has to do with our circumstances, has to do with, with you know, our lives. And we're going to talk more about that in point five when we talk about experiences. Number three is abilities. These are our God-given abilities. The, these are the abilities we receive at birth, like we're born with these abilities. Spiritual gifts we receive at salvation. God-given abilities we receive at birth. Romans 12, 6 says, God has given each of us the ability to do things well. We all have different talents and different abilities. Some, some of you are really smart and you have a, have a really high IQ. 
Some of you have incredible writing skills, comprehension skills, problem-solving skills. Some, some of you are, are really good at sports, and some of you are incredible at music and mechanics and mathematics. Some of you are skilled with your hands. You can build things and you can fix things. Some of you are great with people, yet you have incredible people skills. Some of you have computer skills and, and tech skills. Some of you have business skills and you have the ability to make money and build wealth. Some of you are natural born leaders. Some of you are, have gardening skills and hunting skills and cooking skills and political skills and speaking skills and teaching skills. Some of you are great with crafts and creativity and artistic abilities. Now Rick Warren in his book says that every person has at least 500 abilities. I have no idea where he's coming up with this. That seems like a lot to me, like 500 uh, abilities. And I started thinking to myself, well, if there's anyone I know who has that many abilities, it's the first lady, Jennifer. <laughs> and so I started counting up all these different abilities that, that she has and all these things that, that she does well. I could only come up with 499. <laughs> I could only come up with 499. But then I thought, bird watching. She can watch some birds. I don't watch birds. I watch the Braves. Now, I will point out the birds to Jennifer, but those are her birds, right? Some of the guys were giving me a hard time after the first service because they said I'm shaming them for, for watching the birds. They, they, like watching, they like the birds. Anyway, I'm not getting into the birds. But we have all of these abilities. And we can use every single ability to glorify God. He's the one that gave you the ability. And you can use that ability to glorify him. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So whether it's at school or, or at work or at sports or, 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 or raising kids, whatever you do, you can do it for the glory of God of God. God is the one has, who has gifted you to do these things as part of your shape, as part of who you are, as part of, part of how God uh, made you and how he wants to use you uh, in this world. Uh, number four is personality. Personality. Psalm 139, 14, this is the NLT, says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. All of our personalities are so incredibly complex. You talk about uniquely you. You talk about how God has made all of us uh, completely different. Think about our personalities and our temperaments. God made introverts and God made extroverts. God made people who love routine and God made people who love variety. God made people who are planners and God made people who are spontaneous. I don't know if I'm getting involved in anyone's marital relationships here. Um, God made feelers and God made thinkers. God made task-oriented people and, and God made people-oriented people. And over the years, there's all these different personality tests that you can take to better understand each other and how to relate to one another. Uh, there's the four temperaments. There's the sanguine, the choleric, the melancholy, and the phlegmatic. There's the disc test, the dominant, the influence, the steadiness, and conscientiousness. Uh, there's the famous Myers-Briggs, which ends up being 16 different uh, personality traits. I believe I'm an ENFP, 
if I remember correctly. It's the combination introvert or extrovert, sensing or intuition, thinking or feeling, judging or perceiving. Uh, the most simple one for most of us to understand is, is the one based on the animals, right? The, the, uh, the lion, the otter, the beaver, and the uh, golden retriever. Do you guys know what I'm talking about here? Temperaments, personalities? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all, huh? Well, there's one that's super popular right now. It's the Enneagram. How many of you guys know what the Enneagram is? Okay, like seven people. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you just a brief description of it. And last night we were at this uh, comedy show and this guy was making fun of the Enneagram and all these people who are all into the Enneagram are like, hey, he's talking about us because we are into the Enneagram, Jennifer and I, right? Like our daughter got us into it. We've been studying it for a couple of years. We, we know what most of you Enneagram uh, type is. Just letting you know, you, you don't even know what it is, but we know what your Enneagram is because we've studied it, right? And you're not supposed to type people, but we do, right? And so, anyway, I'm going to give you the nine Enneagram types. You try to identify which one you are. Uh, type one is the reformer. This is the person there. They're rational, they're principled, they're purposeful, they're self-controlled. Uh, sometimes this person is referred to as a perfectionist. Uh, type two is the helper. Uh, you are caring, you are generous, you are people-pleasing, you are possessive, and you serve other people. Type three is the achiever. You are success-oriented. You're excelling, you're driven, you're image-conscious. Uh, type four is the individualist. You are sensitive, dramatic, unique, emotional, romantic. Type five is the investigator. You are driven by research, logic, and straightforward thinking. Type six is the loyalist. You are loyal, committed, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Type seven is the enthusiast. You are busy, fun-loving, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. You're a positive person, you're encouraging. Type eight is the challenger. You are powerful, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And if you're an eight, you're probably a strong leader. Like many of the presidents of the United States are eights, like, like strong leaders. Like eights are like leaders of business, leaders of organizations, leaders uh, of our nation. Uh, nines are peacemakers. You are easygoing, receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. You connect easily with people. Now, these, these are fascinating to me. I don't know if that, I, know I went through them pretty quickly. But understanding someone's personality and understanding their temperament, it, it helps with, with how they're thinking and, and relating to them and, and getting along with them. And so, so Jennifer, she's a two. She, she's a helper. She loves to help people. One of the reasons she, she wanted to start Celebrate Recovery is because she wanted to help people. But also there's a wing, like every, every type has a wing one, one, one way or the other. And so Jennifer's a two, but she's a wing three. So she's an achiever, she's a, she can kick it into that task mode, get her done type mode, right? There, I'm not gonna go too much detail. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Quit talking about Jennifer, talk about yourself. I'm a seven, so I'm, I'm an enthusiast, I'm positive, I'm encouraging, I'm, I, you know, where's the party, let's go have some fun, I'm, I'm living, I live in the future, but I wing to the eight, which, which is the strong leader 
type. Jolan, our son, is a nine. He's a peacemaker. He, he, he gets along with everybody. He's everybody's friend. And Jolan says he doesn't wing. He's just like a nine. He doesn't wing. I think he wings to a one because with the photography, he's, he's pretty much a perfectionist when it comes to video and photography and those type of things. So the encouraging thing is, is that no matter what your personality type is, God can use you in ministry. And understanding your personality helps to know where God would want you to serve him. Now, Relevant Magazine, I read an article this week in Relevant Magazine where they took these nine Enneagram types and, and put a Bible character with each one. So this helps you understand them more. So type one reformer uh, is the Apostle Paul. Like he's the, he's the perfectionist, right? The, the high standard. Type two, the helper, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Type three, the achiever was Moses. Of course, he accomplished a lot. Type four, the individualist, uh, David. Type five, the investigator, Luke. Remember, Luke did this great research and, and, and wrote the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Type six, the loyalist, Ruth. Type seven, the enthusiast, Barnabas, the son of encouragement. Type eight, the challenger, John the Baptist. And then type nine, the peacemaker, John the apostle. And so understanding your, your personality helps you know better uh, in where to serve in ministry. And then lastly, the E is experiences. We all have life experiences. Acts 17, 24 through 27 says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. Now listen, listen to this. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places that they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And so God determines the time of history that we would live. Like He determined the, the exact times for us. That it's 2022, if you didn't know that, that's the year that we're in. Like God determined that we're all living in this time. God determined the, the place that you would live, the country that you would be born into. He determined the family that you would be born into. He determined the houses that, that, we, would, that, that we would live in. Now our life experiences, how we grow up, help shape us for the ministry that God has for us. Uh, I grew up unchurched. That, 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 that's just part of my upbringing. So I have a passion for those people who are unchurched. I wanna see people who don't know Jesus come to know him. Jennifer grew up churched. Like she grew up living in the church parsonage. She grew up like on the church property. Like she has spent her whole life in the church. We have two completely different backgrounds. Now, if you grew up in another country, it's very different than growing up in the United States. If you grew up in the city, it's different than growing, out, growing up in the country. Some people grew up shooting guns and some people grew up shooting basketballs. Like it's, it's completely different. And God uses our experiences to shape who we are and determine how we serve him in ministry. And even the bad things that happen to us, 
even the difficult things that we, that we go through, God can use those storms of life to shape us so that we can minister and care for other people who are going through a similar thing that we have been through. I know I mentioned Celebrate Recovery a lot, but one of the most powerful things about Celebrate Recovery is all these people who have been through whatever the hurt, habit, or hang-up is, they can in turn minister to somebody else who is going through the same thing that they are going through. Some other examples would be divorce care, or we have a small group for blended families, or grief share, uh, mentor relationships, Older couples can mentor younger couples who have already been through this season of life. We have people involved in prison ministry. You get involved in prison ministry, either you are in prison and you wanna minister to those who've been through what you've been through, or maybe you have a loved one, a friend or a family member who is in prison. And, uh, you know, we, we, we go through difficult things. And Jennifer and I were, were talking about this a couple of days ago. It doesn't matter who you are. You go through some, some, some trials and some challenges and some storms of life. And the older you get, the more of these that you go through. I remember when we were, we were in our 20s, we, we were so confident we were, gonna, we were gonna take the world for Christ. You know, and I'm a lot less confident now than I was in my 20s. My 20s and my 30s, I was super confident. You get in your 40s and your 50s, you know, you go through some difficulties in life. We all have scars, ministry scars, because we're in a battle, we're in a war. And the more you're in a war and the more you're on the front lines, the more battle scars you're gonna have, the more wounds that you're gonna have. And the more God is gonna use those difficulties in life to mold us and to shape us and to make us into who he wants us to be. And these storms of life that we're going through, God can use those so that we can minister to other people. And so you might wanna get involved in some type of ministry that you've been through that already yourself. So some other examples, we have a small group called Parents of Prodigals. Uh, there's Athens Pregnancy Center, there's Foster Care Ministry, there's NG3, FCA, you know, I can coach and help younger pastors and church planners because I, I, have, I have the experience, I have the wisdom of doing it. Some of you can coach young business leaders because you are a successful business leader. Some of you can coach a particular sport because you played that sport in college or you played that sport in the pros. So hopefully the older we get, the more wisdom and experience we have to pass on to others. So how has God shaped you? What are your spiritual gifts? What's your heart? What are you passionate about? What are your abilities? What's your personality? What are your experiences? And so understanding your shape and all of these things in our lives help us determine how God wants us to serve him. So if you're the type of person who hates kids, like you don't like kids, you don't need to be serving in the children's ministry, okay? Our children's pastors are not that desperate. Like if you're the kind of person who looks like you just woke up, woke up and you got like a scowl on your face and, and you're just kind of angry at the world, you don't need to be a greeter at the door 
welcoming people to church. You know, that's not the role for you. That's not the place for you. If you're an adult and you act like a big kid all the time and you've never really grown up, student ministry's for you. We need you up here on Wednesday nights. I was up here this past Wednesday night. It was a blast. People, people were having a, a blast. If you're six foot five and you have a license to carry a concealed weapon and you may have been a bouncer in a former life, we need you on the security team. Those are the big, the big boys I like protecting me because I'm preaching the truth, right? I need some protection. I like the bigger you are, and if you're packing, that's great, right, for the security team. What are your spiritual gifts? How has God formed you and made you and, and shaped you? It's the beauty of the church. And when you find your niche, you find your place of service, you find your ministry, there's no better joy in the world than being used by God to see somebody else's life change for all eternity. Talk about a high. Talk about getting addicted. Addicted to people coming to know Christ. Every time someone is baptized and you serve in the church, you're a part of that baptism. You're a part of that life being changed for all eternity. We, we, have, we have a group of ladies who, who come up on Mondays and they take all the communication cards and, and put, put them in the database and, and give the different staff assignments to follow up. We have people who, who mow the grass. We have people who clean the toilets. We have greeters at the door. We have parking team. We have people holding babies. Everybody has a part to play, and that's the application today, is God wants each of us to do our part. Ephesians 4, 16 says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. What does God want you to do? How has he set you apart? How has he shaped you to serve him? That's the joy of life, living for something bigger than ourselves, that we get to be part of building the church and expanding God's kingdom, and that someone's gonna spend eternity in heaven. Their eternal destination changes because we did our part, and it doesn't get any better than that. So let me, let me pray for us. God, I thank you for this series. I, I go back to the verse in Psalm 139 that, that each of us is fearfully and wonderfully uh, made, that we are your masterpiece. We are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which you have prepared in advance for us to do. God, I pray for each person, everyone here, everyone watching, everyone listening, that we would find our place of service, that we would understand how you have uniquely gifted us, our spiritual gifts, our heart, our passion, our abilities, our personality, the experiences that have, that have shaped who we are. And God, I pray that we can use these things to bring you glory, to see more and more people come into the fold, more and more people come into 
the church and into fellowship. God, I pray that you would use us to fill heaven, to fill heaven with people who don't know you. And I pray for each person, God, they would find their place of service, to find true joy, to find true contentment in life. God, if there's anyone here, anyone watching, anyone listening who has never come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, God, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. They would surrender their life to you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more of these messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to visit our website, greystonechurch.com. We pray that you will have an amazing day.